It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials program, mightily committed to protecting your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with my estate planning attorney, your estate planning it, or should be your estate planning attorney, our own Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. How you doing, Don? I'm doing fine, thank you. Happy. Is it still summer? Are we going into fall? What is it now that we're around Labor Day? What does that mean? In Texas, it's still summer as far as I'm concerned. Uh, True. It's still warm enough that uh, uh, I, I, I guess I would think till the end of September, but I know that virtually, you know, I guess it depends on the way you determine summer because of the, the way they do these calendars nowadays that some people say it ends at end of August, I suppose, but uh, I think September is still uh, summer to me. I, I agree. I think it's transition month. It's early September now. Um, I think when the state fair kicks in, then I know the summer's over. And I don't know when that starts, but whenever that kicks in, that that is that September or October? Isn't that late September? Yeah, late September. And I okay. agree. That seems like the beginning of fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the beginning of corny dog season is the beginning yes. of fall. <laughs> and um, fried peanut butter and jelly are all those crazy recipes that they come up with and cooking competitions. It's pretty fun. It's, it's pretty Texas, and it's pretty great as far as I'm concerned. That's why I love living here. And another reason why I love living here is because – it's a very aggressive state when it comes to protecting family and assets and people and uh, making certain that uh, when they're alive and when they pass away, that their wishes are carried out. And that is your job and as an attorney. And um, today uh, will be no exception when we talk about the options that people have when it comes to setting up the proper estate and having it done, as the song goes at the beginning of this program, doing it their way. And today you wanted to talk about things we've talked about before, uh, vehicles we've talked about that are very helpful and special when it comes to fulfilling those needs and desires. The first thing is a ladybird deed, and the second thing is a transfer on death deed. And you want to explain those, educate the audience, and try to differentiate between the two so that the audience can determine which one is right for them. Yeah, so I guess that should be noted. Uh, you know, you mentioned things are different in Texas and you're absolutely right. As, as far as a ladybird deed, we're only like one of three states uh, that allows a ladybird deed to be used to avoid Medis- Medicaid estate recovery. But we don't. You don't have to have Medicaid estate recovery to have a ladybird deed or a transfer on death deed. The whole idea of these, what these type of deeds are, uh, is to transfer property upon death without having to go to court. Transfer of property upon death. I'm talking about property. I'm talking about real estate. Typically, the most common situation is somebody's home. 
you know, it, it a lot of times it could be. Uh, I had somebody this week that I talked to um, that the wife died. It was a second marriage, um, and they had uh, did not uh, probate the wife's will, and the wife had children from a different marriage. If they didn't probate the will, then it would go by the state's laws. If they went, if they probated the will, it would go by what the deceased wanted, mm-hmm. and. And so it was. Uh, it's it's important. Uh, and so what happened was a lot of people uh, were not having wills. So back in 2015, uh, the state legislature had, uh, and that was causing a lot of title issues because of things like that. We have more blended families. There's just it's just a more difficult situation for uh, uh, as far as issuing good title. And so. Uh, as a result, the government wanted to make it easier for people who didn't have wills to be able to transfer their biggest asset, their home, and so they allowed transfer on death deeds. Now, ladybird deeds have been around. Uh, we've used them in Texas a lot longer, and I'll have to explain the difference. So I guess I should tell you the pros and cons and what is the difference between them. Please. Uh, uh, okay, so... So first of all, on both these types of deed, the, again, the idea is for the property just to go to whomever that you wanted upon death. Mm-hmm. A transfer on death deed is kind of a simpler thing. Uh, that doesn't mean it's better, though. Uh, a lot of times when it's simpler, it doesn't give as much protection, and transfer on death deeds are no exception to that rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, in either case, things could be changed. In other words, on a transfer on death deed, you basically – Say, okay, upon my death, uh, this property goes to, and you name whoever it is, and you file it in the deed records. You could always cancel that transfer on death deed. I say, okay, I changed my mind. Uh, I had somebody yesterday who had one, and quite frankly, came down to politics. <laughs> I know that this sounds crazy, but the uh, parent did not like what one daughter was saying to them about their politics, and so they wanted to change the uh, beneficiary of their transfer on death deed from the uh, daughter to that daughter's children. Uh, okay. And so it's very simple to change. Uh, of course, that, I know that that may seem strange, but that's the world that we live in. Yeah. And, and so it is what it is. And so it's very simple. You could just cancel or change the transfer on death deed the way you want. And if it was a ladybird deed, well, you could always change your mind on that too. Now, on a ladybird deed, is an enhanced life estate deed, which means that you retain the power to sell, lease, mortgage, whatever it is with the property, including your, the ability to change who your grantees, the beneficiaries, are upon your death. However, a ladybird deed is considered a the grantee, the one who is supposed to get it on death, is considered to have a vested interest. In other words, they have an interest, but it's subject to divestment, subject to change. So if you wanted to change that person that uh, they don't want to get along with the daughter now or whatever, if they had a ladybird deed, they could also just do a new deed to somebody else. So in either case, you could you you could change your mind. Uh, but there are these other differences that we will now go into. Now, I, before I even get into the other differences, because there's total control in either situation, 
uh, there's certain benefits. In other words, it's still your property. So if you had some exemptions, um, in other words, if you had a homestead exemption, that would not change. So lower property taxes, or if you had an over 65 exemption, or if you were disabled, a disability exemption. Um, sometimes people are military war veterans and they get special uh, rates. Nothing's changed uh, as far as the property taxes on either of these type of deeds. So that's good news. Yeah. And in fact, if you keep the property until you die, unless they change the law, that you get a step up in basis, a step up in basis. In other words, you get the grantee gets the value of the property as of the date of death. And so when they sell the property, it's only capital gains tax on the appreciation after that, uh, the per- person who died's death uh, after that. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, unless they change the laws. And, of course, we know anything is subject to to change, uh, you know, with the government. Uh, and that's, you know, same thing on uh, Lady Bird deeds and and late uh, and in um, transfer on death deeds, uh, it could be on for Medicaid, for example. Medicaid uh, helps pay for long-term care, sometimes care at home, drugs and things like that. Uh, even though the homestead is a non-countable resource, the state has a right to make a claim against the home after that Medicaid recipient's death to the extent that Medicaid benefits have been advanced. So this is a very common situation to use a ladybird deed or a transfer on debt deed, either one, because in Texas, they do not go after things that do not go by your will or by intestacy. So if you had a deed, so the deed says it goes to so-and-so, if it's not going by your will, it avoids a successful claim by the state. So we had somebody this, um, um, you know, just recently that mom's been on Medicaid for 10 years. So we expect, so we're doing this deed, uh, we expect a claim of over $500,000 for the government. And, of course, the house wasn't even worth $500,000. So, in fact, the government, after mom's death, could take the home. But by having the ladybird deed, it avoids a successful claim by the government because it's not going by your will, not to mention it makes it easier for the family because they don't have to go to court. Uh, so since it's not going by will, it's going by deed. And since there's retention of total control, it's no penalty, uh, and you still have all the different tax advantages that we kind of talked about just a second ago, it avoids a successful claim by the state. But as I told you, this is only in a few states, and Texas happens to be one of those few states that allows that protection of the home from the claim of the state if it goes by a ladybird deed or by transfer on death deed for that matter. Now, but what I was about to say was that anything that we say with, the, with dealing with the government could change. And so under federal law, under the Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 1993, states were given the option uh, to go after uh, anything, however it may go, or only go after things that went by will. Mm-hmm. In Texas, we were a little bit more, uh, more, you know, we wanted to pa- be able to pass on the, the homestead, uh, so we were not as egregious uh, as far as trying to get the homes uh, after somebody died as they are in other states. That could change. 
Mm-hmm. That could change. Anything could change uh, when it comes to politics. But we've been doing Lady Bird Deeds when they first allowed them. Texas didn't start going after homes until 2006. Uh, we've been doing them since January of 2006 is when they first uh, gave permission mm-hmm. and said so they wouldn't go after them. And we've done it hundreds of times, saving a home for the family every single time. Thank God. Think of the millions of dollars, Michael, those vehicles have saved people. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and it had no impact, not to mention, so saving, you know, not everybody's on Medicaid, of course, but even so, let's say your only asset was your home. And you don't even know, let's say you don't either have long-term care insurance, and even if you're not sick, and you just, and your your major asset was your home, maybe you had beneficiary designations on your IRA or (laughs) other assets to avoid probate, well, this could avoid probate. Uh, and it's simple. Uh, how do you? What do you do? Uh, uh, if uh, you might have an affidavit of death and show the uh, uh, that you might file with the county or uh, a death certificate, uh, and then just retitle the assets. So instead of going to court, proving that the will was good, that there wasn't any mistakes on the will, maybe having witnesses, having to do an inventory, uh, having a court hearing, giving notice to creditors, and all that other type of things that go along when you probate a will, this avoids all that, at least as far as that property. It doesn't have to just be the homestead, by the way. If you had more than one property, you could do a ladybird deed or a transfer on death deed on any of those properties. So it's either way, it could be it's a uh, a vehicle that has no adverse impact for the most part, but we will talk about a few of those things. Uh, but but it could make life simpler for the family and give some protection in the future. Uh, so not only protection for avoidance of probate, uh, and uh, but also uh, if somebody was on long-term care Medicaid, then it avoids a successful claim by the government to the extent that Medicaid benefits have been advanced. Wonderful. What else about Lady Bird Deeds? Well, uh, I'm first going to mention that on a transfer on debt deed, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people have mortgages. Sometimes people have mortgages. So, in other words, you have a deed of trust securing the property that you have to pay. When you have a transfer on debt deed, since you're still in total control and you could always change it, there's never, ever any issues. Now, sometimes with Ladybird deeds, it is a problem because it was a vested interest. And so they say, well, so when you have this what's called a due-on-sale clause, which means that if you transfer a property, you have to get the consent of the lender or else the lender could call the note. Uh, a lot of times title companies or banks get spooked out by that, and so they say, oh, gee, uh, we could call the note. But not really, because you could always change your mind, so it shouldn't be a problem. But with the transfer on debt deed, there would never be a problem with that, whereas on a lady per deed, sometimes there could be, but you have to explain it to them because of the, remember, the uh, right to divest. And with that right to divest, uh, you, since you can always change your mind, it really shouldn't be a problem, uh, although sometimes you do run into some title companies or banks that give you an issue because uh, because of the concern about the vested interest. Uh, on the other hand, a transfer on death deed has no warranties of title. Hmm. You know, when you have a title policy, usually there could be sometimes there's glitches on the on the what property you might own, or maybe there was some sort of there could be any type of title issues that. Maybe we're not recognizing. So a lot of times people, you know, typically when you buy a home, you get a title policy. 
And so when you have a title policy, normally it goes back from whenever, maybe the days of the land grants of Texas or whatever, that there's good title. Well, with a uh, transfer on death deed, it cuts all that out. There's no warranties of title. So you can't even do what's called a general warranty deed when you sell the properties. You have no title insurance. Now, you might be able to get title insurance uh, after, you know, the you got the after now you that person who's the grantee has the property mm-hmm. but you got one more problem uh, under the law on transfer on death deeds there could be uh, there's room for creditors to complain for a couple years so some title companies will make you wait for a couple years so a transfer on death deed doesn't have the protection that a ladybird deed does as far as warranty of title with a ladybird deed, you could go continue to have good title going all the way back to those land grant days or whenever the property was first uh, gotten, not by your client, but or by the person who was the one signing the deed, but going back to the, you know, as far as the title goes back. Uh, whereas on a transfer on death deed, you do not have that. So for an attorney, that's an important thing. You want to make sure that there's good title. Uh, so. Uh, because sometimes there are mistakes in title, and that's why you have title insurance to begin with. So a, so a title company would love the fact that you had they don't have to they don't have the risk of uh, going all the way back if you have a uh, a just a transfer on death deed, whereas they would on a ladybird deed. Yeah, it is important. All of this is very very important. And what's important in your in your case is to ensure. Uh, that your estate is protected, that your heirs receive what you want them to and don't. And that's why these ladybird deeds exist. That's why transfer on death deeds exist. And that's why Michael has these workshops uh, once, sometimes twice a month. So you can address these issues or others that may concern you when it comes to estate planning or government assistance. Michael's next online Zoom workshop is this Thursday, September the 9th, at 1 p.m. And as I, as I said, they're online. They're not in person because of the virus, and it's been that way for over a year and a half now. Hopefully that'll come to an end soon before the year is out. But for now, you can just zoom in. You don't have to be seen. You can just listen, and you're entitled to ask a question about anything that Michael specializes in, which, again, are those two specific areas of government assistance and estate planning. And, Michael, so it's this Thursday, September the 9th at 1 o'clock. And first of all, tell the audience uh, why you do these and what goes on. Well, a lot of people would just have questions about anything about estate planning or, in this case, uh, dealing with real estate, uh, which is dealing with not only estate planning but also public benefits in, the, in our story here today. Uh, so people have questions, and they say, look, I'd like to get uh, just – you know, know what the answers are to my whatever their questions are on either state planning or Medicaid or veterans benefits or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe about probate, maybe about wills, maybe about trust. We never know what the questions are going to be at each workshop, uh, and we've been doing the workshops since the end of 2012 mm-hmm. uh, because we say, you know, everybody has different, you know, concerns. Uh, it could be that they have a child that's a spendthrift or they have credit issues or marital problems or they're concerned about their spouse remarrying. Maybe they had a second marriage or maybe uh, they wanted to uh, have some. They had a problem with somebody who was disabled and they wanted to protect their assets or maybe, you know, the list goes on. 
And so it could be any number of things, and we just never know what the questions are that people will ask. Some people ask about ladybird deeds like we've talked about here today. That's gotten to be a kind of a popular topic a lot of times because they know that they could protect usually their biggest asset, their homestead, in connection with Medicaid with that. But it could be on anything. And so we ask people what they want to know, and you're not limited to just one question. It's a workshop, not a seminar, because we ask people what they want to know, and then they can, you can continue to ask questions, although we may have a slideshow, but we, on general things that people generally ask. So a lot of times people ask about wills or trust or powers of attorney. Uh, sometimes they ask about Medicaid. So there'll be some slides on all those different types of things. But really, we want to see what you want to know and answer those questions that you have. And even if you don't get all those questions answered or if you don't want to, uh, like you say, if you want to be silent, uh, we give the people who do attend the free two-hour estate planning essentials workshop on September 9th a free one-hour vision meeting as a follow-up if they would like. There's no obligation. It's just free, and you just get to ask the question. So whether the questions were not uh, fully addressed at the workshop or if maybe you just didn't want to do it in front of everybody else, uh, whatever the case may be, we will give you a free vision meeting if you go to the workshop and only if you go to the workshop. To do that, all you have to do is call 214 720 0102, that's 214-720-0102, or sign up on our website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And then uh, it's, it's simple, and then it'll, you know, we'll give you a link. We'll teach you how to, if you've never been on Zoom before, it's very simple. You could be on your iPhone or you could be on your laptop and just click. And onto a link. It's just very simple, and we'll make it simple for you. We'll give you guidance, even if you've never done it before. Excellent. Very, very helpful. Uh, pretty simple. You can even Google Michael Cohen is his name, C-O-H-E-N, Dallas attorney, and he'll come up very quickly on that first page. And then you can uh, find him, click uh, his website, and sign up that way, as he indicated. Michael? Uh, one important question, if you have a ladybird deed, does that automatically mean that you don't need a transfer on death deed or vice versa? Um, yeah, you just do one or the other. Okay, great. And what are some, some of the other things about the ladybird deeds and transfer on death deeds that the audience needs to know? We've got about five minutes left. On tr yeah, on, okay, I'll do, try to be quick. On transfer on death deeds, you cannot sign it by an agent under a power of attorney. Mm -hmm. See, unlike a ladybird deed, and um, you know, so and and the transfer on death deed has to be recorded before the person dies. So um, we had somebody who we just talked to, quite frankly, who signed their documents last Friday. They died on Tuesday, mm. and uh, they yeah yeah. And if they had done a they did a ladybird deed, if they had done a transfer on death deed. Well, yeah, it hadn't been recorded yet, and so uh, they would have been could have been out of luck. Mm. In fact, even if you're the beneficiary, you have to survive by 20, 120 hours uh, on a transfer on death deed. Uh, see, on a power of attorney, I mean, on a labor deed, if you had a power of attorney, the, and if the power of attorney is recorded, you could even sign on behalf of the person, assuming that you have the language in the power of attorney that gives you the ability to do that. Now, on some of the 
some of the other things that you have to always worry about is who are the beneficiaries and how to protect them. Uh, so a lot of times with ladybird deeds, if there's too many cooks in the kitchen, there's too many people, you could have a ladybird deed. Just like on a transfer on death, you could have it go to a trust if you wanted to, to have those protections uh, for, let's say, creditors. Or if there's too many people disagree uh, on a labor deed, let's say you have four beneficiaries uh, and they can't agree on selling the property or whatever, you could have it go to a trust where one person's in charge. Or if one of the people has credit issues or an addiction or marital problems or a disabled, all sorts of problems that the attorney always worries about, uh, whereas most people think of things the way they are. But in our world, you don't know what person's condition will be at the time of death. So um, so a ladybird deed gives you some of these benefits that uh, a transfer on death deed doesn't do. And But both times you can there are ways you could do some protection by having it. If you really wanted to get more protective, you could so it's just a matter of how much insurance you want. Mm-hmm. Do you want to have more insurance, and then you could do more documents to plan, and that would be the best. A lot of the tax things are are pretty much everything's pretty much neutral. But you know, on labor deed, you don't have that 120 hour survival requirement. It could be signed by the agent. You have warranty of title. It does, either way, it doesn't affect your public benefits. It's no transfer penalty, uh, and it, of course, it avoids Medicaid estate recovery. Uh, so there's lots of different benefits that you have, but there could be some detriments. Um, uh, the One of the advantages of a transfer on death deed is you could say have an alternate beneficiary. So in other words, if this person dies, then it goes to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. On a ladybird deed, you would have to pretty much, what you would do if you wanted to make sure you had control is you'd have a ladybird deed into a trust, and the trust would say that. So a little bit different in that respect, and you shouldn't use with either one of them. You shouldn't use a, shouldn't have a reverse mortgage uh, with that. So once you're over 62, if you wanted to borrow against the equity and not make mortgage payments, then really neither one of those are really suited for either a transfer on death deed or a ladybird deed would be suited in that situation. Uh, but uh, in any event, the the, the there's a lot it's no right or wrong answer on these things if i had my choice generally uh, me personally not always but a, a lot of times we prefer ladybird deeds because of the warranties of title etc however sometimes when there's like you want those alternate beneficiaries uh, sometimes it's beneficial to have the transfer on debt deed but i like the warranties of title personally but uh, in any event you could protect any way you want. At least you get to know your options. And so generally, uh, even though I've done this pretty quickly here today, and there are more, uh, there are we just go over, just like anything, I always tell people I'm Baskin-Robbins. I'm just going to tell you all the flavors, tell you what each one tastes like, and then you choose. Excellent. Very, very helpful. Um, it, I don't know if there's much harder things in life than when someone passes away and you have to deal with that grief and scheduling and services and, and the like. And then let's just say um, 30 days later you find out, oh, and incidentally, um, there was government assistance. The government can call back and, and basically you need to pay them back for the Medicaid or Medicare, whatever that individual received, and you lose the home that you thought you were inheriting, say a half million dollar home. Talk about insult to injury. These programs prevent that. Michael Cohen prevents that. Um, and that's why you need to attend his next workshop, not legal Zoom, but Zoom online with Michael Cohen at his next estate planning essentials workshop. To sign up, dial 
720-0102-214-720-0102 for the Thursday, September 9th at 1 p.m. workshop. Or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElder, E-L-D-E-R, Lawyer.com. Our Dallas Elder Lawyer is Michael Cohen, and we thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.